Shared parenting does make it easy. I'm your host, Chris Batchelor, and this is the Parent Time Podcast. Parent Time Podcast is presented by National Parents Organization, a national nonprofit who is working hard to bring shared parenting nationwide. Hello, everyone. This is Chris from National Parents Organization. I'm, today, I'm here with Don Human. He's our chair of the National Board of National Parents Organization. And uh, Don is here to talk to us today about the child support and shared parenting report card that recently came out. And he's going to tell us all about the report card, how they came up with it, and what it really means for advocates that are trying to get shared parenting laws passed across the country. So, Don, thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me, Chris. So, Don, this report card, um, you know, the the National Parents Organization has been doing report cards now. This is, I believe, the second one that the... Uh, that the National Parents Organization has done, and it's very different from the last time that it was done in 2019. Um, you know, wh- what's really different from the last time that this uh, that this report card was done? So this is actually the third one we've done. We did one in 2014 as well that's on our website. And one of the interesting things about the contrast between the 2014 report card and the 2019 one is it shows the progress that was made. It shows that, uh, that you know, Kentucky passed its equal shared parenting law and the Arizona law was enacted. And so there really is progress. And so if people, sometimes people are frustrated about how slowly uh, these laws change, but they are changing and they're all changing in the right direction. So that's important to see. But the, the earlier report cards were really about the state's child support statutes. Do their laws uh, facilitate shared parenting? Do they encourage shared parenting? Do they create a presumption in favor of shared parenting? That's what we did in the previous ones. The 2022 uh, child support and shared parenting report card is really not about the, the state's child custody laws at all. It's about how the state's child support guidelines handle the division of the resources that are available to support children when they're shared parenting. So the question is, you know, we believe that both parents have an obligation to support their children in proportion to their uh, capacity to do so, so that there's a pool of money that we're assuming is being used for the benefit of the children. And then the question is, how do the states handle that pool of money when the parents are sharing uh, the, the parenting time with the children? And this can have a huge effect on shared parenting. Um, it can be a, a huge barrier to shared parenting or it can facilitate shared parenting. And that's why NPO is focusing on it. Yeah, I mean, it's often said that, you know, in divorce, what you're really fighting for is money and power, right? And and the child support is a huge uh, part of that equation. And so how the, the law acts is, is going to drive people's behavior um, and, and how much conflict there is in divorce and, and that and it's, it's just a, such a huge part. Um, and I, I think a lot of people don't really understand until they start advocating for, you know, changing the laws that really, you know, every state is different in how they handle child support. And uh, it's, it's really, uh, you know, even within states, I know I'm here in Kansas, the, the child support formula can be sliced and diced many different ways. So you can have the same numbers and come up with, you know, multiple different results. So really the amount of conflict that child support causes is, I think, a big part of the equation for having positive outcomes in family court. Absolutely. So the variability of child support is is really shocking. Um, and, and NPO has published previously on our website a map that shows you uh, what the standard child support obligation would be in a particular scenario. Um, we, we, we 
choose the median income for mom, the median income for dad, and one child, and what would the child support obligation be in the state? And you see just radical differences between the states. I mean, from like $200 a month to $800 a month. Um, and this isn't just based on the cost of living in the, in the different states. It's based on the way the states choose to calculate uh, child support. So you're, you're absolutely right. The variability is a, is a huge issue. This report, the 2022 report, is focused on one question. As I said, the division of this pool of parent, not how, much, not how they determine how big that pool is, but how do they divide that between the two households when the children have two homes, which is the best arrangement for children when parents are living apart. And there were some pretty shocking results from our, uh, from our study. So let's, let's talk a little bit about what was the process to grade. And, and for those that have not seen the study before, uh, the study has a page for each state. So you can go to your home state and you can, you can read the exact details on whatever state you live in. Uh, but, but what was the process to grade each state and, and sort of what, what, what went into, uh, you know, pulling all this data together? So it was a long process. This is something we decided to do just over a year ago. And we brought together three researchers. I was on the team, but we had two who were really technical experts in child support. One is Brian Ulrich, who is NPO's senior child support researcher. And another is a, a gentleman in uh, uh, Canada who knows more about uh, uh, US child support laws and policies than, than anyone I, I've met outside of the country and, and almost anyone I've met inside the country. Uh, that's George Peace Corps, who is on the NPO uh, advisory council. Um, and they, they did the, the, the detailed economic analysis of every state's child support guidelines to determine whether they had what's called a parenting time adjustment in most states. Sometimes it's called a parenting time offset. Sometimes it's called a residential credit, but it has to do with the division of the child support resources between the two households. And they, they, they calculated how the state determined, uh, first of all, whether there was a parenting time adjustment, and if there was, how they determined what that parenting time adjustment was. And, and after reviewing all of these uh, child support guidelines, um, they determined what the factors are that would promote or inhibit shared parenting. So I'm happy to, to mention what some of those, I won't go into all of the factors that were used because some of them are pretty technical and economic. I, I should say though, this is completely transparent. We have not only published the report, but in addition, we published a, a long and very detailed technical supplement that goes into all of the economic analysis uh, that, that provides the underlying basis for the report. Some of the primary factors are pretty straightforward and pretty easy to understand. Um, I'm happy to discuss those if you want. Well, yeah, one, one factor I would really like to talk about is the so-called so cliff effect, right? Where, um, you know, there, there are situations where if a parent has 49% time, then they pay so much money in child support. And if they have 51% time, they pay a, a smaller amount, right? And, and that's a so-called cliff effect. I think other states do it, so it's, it's not so dramatic. But I think that's a, a pivotal part of this study, isn't it? It is absolutely. So it, maybe even before talking about cliff effect, the, the first surprising uh, result was that nine of the, and I'm going to say 51 states, we, we looked at District of Columbia as well. It's not a state, but it's just easier to say 51. But nine of the 51 states um, had no parenting time adjustment at all. And what that means is that a, a parent who's paying child support will pay the same amount if that parent never sees the children, never has any expenses on the children at all, 
or if that parent has them in his or her home 50% of the time. Um, and that's just an enormous deterrent to shared parenting. Now, in those states, that parent can go to court and ask the court to, uh, to find that there's a basis for a deviation and deviate in the child support uh, guidelines then. But that's expensive. It encourages conflict between the parents because the, the paying parent goes in and says, I want to pay less. Well, of course, the other parent is saying, I don't want that parent to pay less. And so you, you generate conflict between the parents. And, um, and it takes time to do this. And the result is unpredictable because there, there are no guidelines. This is, you know, courts can do whatever they want in that case. So those non-states got Fs. They had a zero on a scale of one to 100. We, we graded on a scale of one to 100. They had a zero. They didn't even try to divide the child support funds between the children's two homes. They said, we're going to put all of that money in one household. Forget about whether the children are supported in the other household. Now, you, you asked about cliff effects. Well, that actually constitutes a huge cliff effect because usually if you have the children more than half the time, you'll be the child support recipient. Less than half the time, you'll be the child support payer. So there's a huge cliff effect there right at the 50% thing for most cases. Um, but many states that have a parenting time adjustment have huge cliff effects. 17 states have cliff effects that have make a difference of more than 30% in a child support obligation based on one additional overnight. So if you have the children in your home, if you're a paying uh, child support payer and you have the children in your home, 120 overnights, you'll pay one amount. 121 overnights, 30% less. Well, you could not find a better way to generate conflicts between the parents than to have a huge economic difference turn on a you know, minuscule difference in parenting time. It makes no economic sense. It's not as if at 120 days, you don't have to have a room for your children. You don't have to transport them. You don't have to feed them. 121, suddenly everything changes. It's ridiculous economically, but it, it's not just silly ridiculous. I mean, it, it generates conflict. It, 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 it creates conflict. And anyone who knows divorcing couples know they don't need another reason to have conflict. You know? <laughs> and, and the state shouldn't be producing conflict. So th that is one of the factors, the, the cliff effect factor. So is there a parenting time adjustment? Does the parenting time adjustment have a cliff effect? Those are two of the factors we looked at. Yeah, there, there's certainly parents, uh, you know, in divorce court don't need any other any other reasons to have conflict. In fact, you know, that's a big mission, I think, as part of the MPO is trying to figure out how do we get conflict out of the divorce courts. Um, so I want to ask, you know, you talked about the variability, uh, you know, from state to state. Is there any effort nationally to, to try and reduce that variability or, or, or bring things more in line? Is there any uh, movement uh, nationally for that? Let's just say that the movement is anemic. It is wimpy. It is weak. Um, the, uh, this is actually really remarkable for a federally mandated program. Uh, the states have almost absolute free reign uh, about how they manage it. And um, uh, the, the uh, Federal Office of Child Support Enforcement uh, will issue recommendations, but the states are free to ignore those recommendations if they want. Um, the, the Federal Office of Child Support has tried to uh, push states to have reasonable self-support reserves. That's the amount of money that you ensure that you keep the paying parent at so that they aren't impoverished. 
because you know historically states have often pushed people well down below the poverty level in order to get them to pay child support and that turns out to be counterproductive it it, it winds up pushing that parent out of the children's lives and and often out of the system they go into an underground economy and so forth so the federal government has encouraged states to change, but they, they don't exercise much federal oversight. And that's actually uh, shocking and, and uh, really a problem. And one of the recommendations that we make in the uh, report card is that the federal government exercise more control over this and that they, they provide uh, strong incentives for states to create a child support, uh, I'm sorry, parenting time adjustment that doesn't have cliff effects, that doesn't have too high a threshold, you know, that'll actually facilitate shared parenting instead of inhibit shared parenting. Yeah, because I think if I remember correctly, one of the things that the federal government does require the states to do to receive funding from the federal government for certain programs is they require the states to reevaluate their formulas every four years, I believe it is. So uh, it certainly would make sense that the federal government could also come in and say, well, this formula has to meet certain criteria, right? Now, the, the, the federal government <clears throat> subsidizes the state's child support enforcement uh, agencies, um, but they also have, in addition to that sort of basic subsidy of paying two-thirds of the administrative costs, they also have incentives. Those incentives are aimed at efficiency. So, you know, how much uh, administrative overhead do you have to, you know, regain so many dollars in child support and so forth, things like that. And, you know, how... Uh, you know, what, what percentage of cases are you able to identify paternity and what percentage of cases, et cetera. The federal government could, if it wanted to, create incentives for, you know, do you have a parenting time adjustment? Is that parenting time adjustment one that doesn't have cliff effects and so forth? They could do that, and we, we recommend that in our, uh, in our uh, report. Um, you talked about the variability, and one of the easy ways to see the variability is to use this interactive online map that we've created. This is similar to the map we created for the 2019 Shared Parenting Report Card, and if I can share my screen, I'll, I'll show you this quickly. Sure. So here's our interactive online map, and uh, you can see the grades of blue are the states that get an A, and red are the states that, uh, that get an F. Um, and, and one thing I, I, I want to remind people, because minutes after our publishing this, someone said, I can't believe that my state got this grade. It's terrible for shared parenting. Remember, this is not a, a grade of the state's shared parenting laws. It's a grade of how they handle that parenting time adjustment. But for each of the states here, and you know, you're in Kansas, you'll see that Kansas gets an F plus. What does an F plus mean? Well, it means that it has a parenting time adjustment. But um, it's just, it's parenting time adjustment doesn't take into account the, uh, the effects of the parenting time adjustment on both households. It has an extraordinarily high, excuse me, uh, threshold of 182 days. So before you get a parenting time adjustment in, uh, in uh, Kansas, you have to have your kids with you 182 days. Um, and it has, a, it has a huge cliff effect and so forth. You can do this for each of the states, Texas, for example. Um, it gets us a flat F, it has no parenting time adjustment at all. Um, California, which doesn't have the strongest laws in the country for shared parenting, does a good job of uh, having a parenting time adjustment that, that divides the combined child support obligations between the two households. 
Now, that doesn't mean that California's child support guidelines are great for shared parenting overall, because they have pretty high guidelines. And so um, while they divide the amount uh, in an equitable way, um, they, they, they calculate that base amount poorly. But this is an easy way to see what's happening in your state to see uh, the variability between your state and other states. And you asked about how advocates can use this. One of the effective tools that we found is to point out this variability, point out the, how arbitrary it is. So, so for example, um, those in, uh, in New Mexico that gets a D minus, they can compare what happens to a family in Mexico to what happens to a family in Arizona or in Colorado which are both, both do a better job, et cetera. Um, and you mentioned the, um, me, why am I, here we go. Yeah, you mentioned the, um, the uh, individual state pages. So in our main report, which is available on our website, we do have, in addition to the overall grading, we have an individual description of each of the states what the pluses and minuses are for each of the states. And, and I mentioned that we also publish a uh, technical supplement. Let me share that for just a moment. Um, this is not for the faint of heart. Um, it, is, it, it, it is a technical supplement, but you can see that we go into great detail about the methodology that's used to, to generate the parenting time adjustment, the, the fact that there are cliff effects in different, uh, in different states and how serious those cliff effects are, et cetera. So if anyone wants to take a deep dive into the methodology, um, they can do so by looking at the techno supplement that's available on our website. And both the uh, child support report card and the technical supplement are downloaded uh, from the website, correct? Right there on the website, if you go to the main website here, you'll see it's, it's the banner at the top. And we have the interactive map, which I just showed you, the main report, and the technical supplement. Fantastic. And so how can advocates best use this data when trying to get the laws changed in their state? So I think that there are a couple of the factors that we evaluated that are easy to explain to legislators. I mean, those nine states that have no parenting time adjustment at all, that just doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense at all. Why should a parent who is, you know, raising his or her children, you know, in his or her home, pay exactly the same amount of child support to the other parent as a parent that never sees the children, right? Um, how does that make sense at all? I, and, and I think that's sort of a no-brainer. Why are these states doing it? It makes no sense. They need to change these laws. The laws are, as I, um, as you mentioned, reviewed every four years. The, the federal government requires that. Um, and uh, during one of these regular reviews, that needs to be changed. Um, I, I think that's an easy argument to make. The cliff effects are another one that's clear, or the high threshold. Um, those are deterrents to shared parenting. And as I mentioned earlier, I think pointing out the variability between what happens to a family in your state and what happens to a, a similar family, you know, just across the border in a neighboring state is a very effective way of, uh, of getting legislators to see that the child support guidelines often have no rationale at all. Um, and and they're, they're not sacrosanct. They're not something that economists have studied closely and, and, and given a good justification for it. 
So I think that helps make the argument for changing it. Yeah, those are all really great points. So what's next for National Parents Organization as far as uh, continuing to do the report cards? Is there is there anything on the horizon? Are we going to uh, continue to look at this uh, from a child support perspective and a shared parenting perspective? What's uh, what's next on the horizon? Well, this this has occupied our, our uh, research uh, activities for, for this year, but we will be uh, doing an updated shared parenting report card like the 2019 one on statutes. And we'll, of course, there be happy to, uh, to report that Arkansas last, uh, just a year ago, uh, last April, uh, passed uh, a very strong equal shared parenting law. And we're hoping that we're gonna be able to report that a number of other states have as well. Um, for example, uh, West Virginia has just passed a, a strong equal shared parenting uh, bill through both chambers of the House, both chambers of the legislature, the House and the Senate, and it's currently on the governor's desk. We expect it to be signed or to go into effect without the governor's signature uh, soon, so we'll be able to add that. We uh, now know that there are at least 22 states that have shared parenting bills uh, pending in the legislature. And some of them are getting significant traction. And, and so we hope we'll be able to update that 2019 report to have uh, more successes there for shared parenting. So that's one of the things. The other thing, though, is this. It's become increasingly clear that child support is a problem for uh, promoting shared parenting, the child support policies and laws are. And we're working with a number of other organizations uh, to, to really affect change. We want to move beyond identifying what the problems are to actually making the, the changes to improve them. And um, Brian Ulrich, our senior uh, child support researcher, and I have been meeting with the legislative staffs of a number of uh, federal legislators, senators and, and members of the House, uh, to talk about these issues. Um, and we're, we're working with a number of other organizations to, to, to transfer the research that we have done on child support into effective action. Well, Don, thank you so much for coming today and talking to us about the child support and shared parenting report card. We look forward to, you know, combing through all that data and, and really diving into these unique issues in each state. Um, thank you so much for coming on and, and thank you for all the work that you do nationally. I know that, um, you know, the, the National Parents Organization puts a lot of time and effort in, into a lot of things and has a lot of volunteers and you're certainly a pivotal part of that. So I really wanted to uh, give you a shout out and thank you for all the hard work you've been doing and uh, look forward to talking with you again. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. Now, that was recorded on video, so if you want to go ahead and watch the video, you can find the link in the show notes. It's on YouTube. And if you have any questions, you can contact National Parents Organization at sharedparenting.org. Don't forget to like National Parents Organization on social media. Just go ahead and do a Facebook search for National Parents Organization and smash the like button. You're also going to find several Facebook pages for different state chapters, so go ahead and like those pages as well. And don't forget, you can also follow National Parents Organization on Twitter or LinkedIn. The links to those social media sites are on the sharedparenting.org website. If you're passionate about shared parenting, the best thing you can do is get involved. And the best way to do that is by contacting your state chapter. If you head over to the sharedparenting.org website, you can find the links to your state chapter and then contact them directly to take action and volunteer. We could also use your help with donations. National Parents Organization is a nationally recognized nonprofit registered in Massachusetts. 
To donate, visit sharedparenting.org and click the Take Action and then Donate. We'd love to hear what you think about the show. Tell us what you think on social media or by going to the sharedparenting.org website and sending us a message. Fill out that contact form and let us know what you think. We'd love to hear about what you think about the show or what you want to hear on the show, that sorts of thing. So go ahead and, and send us a message. Until the next episode, I'm your host, Chris Batchelor. Thanks for listening, and together we can help bring shared parenting nationwide. <laughs>